Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. All right, guys. So on this week's episode, we have with us an amazing individual. She is the CEO and founder of the Intrigue Agency. She has been a TEDx speaker three times, and she's actually also written nine books to date. It might even be more by now, but that's what I last counted. Uh, She is known as the queen of communication. She actually has a trademark specific technique called Tung Fu. And she's been featured in NPR, NBC, and so many other periodicals, television shows, all of that good stuff. You might already know who she is. Everybody, please welcome Sam Horn. Welcome, Sam. Why, thank you. I've really been looking forward to our time together. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm like, we have the queen of communication on. This is going to be so exciting and really so like important for our listeners. So Sam, you know, today I'd love to, you obviously queen of communication, but I'd really love to focus on, you know, pitches, right? Both, both verbal and verbal oral written, (laughs) but, but, you know, um, let's start out with, you know, really written communications. Why don't you give everyone a little bit about your background? Although I feel like everybody already knows who you are, um, but maybe that's just me. Um, But, you know, give everybody a little bit about your background and then let's sort of get into, you know, pitches and how we can improve them. You know, Kirsten, in fact, uh, first things first, I hope everyone has paper and pen because we are not going to spin our wheels. Uh, Carrie Fisher said instant gratification takes too long. And I know people are busy, so we're going to add real world value from the get go. So how about on your notes, please put a vertical line down the center, okay? And people ask how my brain works, and I juxtapose everything. I think it is the quickest way to make complex ideas crystal clear. So if you have a vertical line down the center, please put over on the left, infobesity. <laughs> infobesity is wah, 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 that goes in one ear, out the other. Over on the right, please put intrigue. And uh, everyone here knows is the clock starts ticking the second we start talking. Goldfish have longer attention spans than we do. That's not my uh, factoid. Uh, Nancy F. Cohen from Harvard found that in her research. So we're going to hit the ground running. First, think of a pitch you've got coming up. And if you're thinking, Sam, I don't pitch. Uh, Baseball pitchers pitch. I don't pitch. Yeah. Anytime we make a request or recommendation we're pitching. So please think of something coming up where you want a yes. You're walking into a meeting and you want funding. You want this project approved. You want someone to sign on as a sponsor or as a partner, whatever. Any situation coming up where you want a yes. Okay, over on the left, please put tell. We are not going to tell people what we told them, tell them, and then tell them what we told them. I mean, that's what we've been taught, right? That's a prescription for being a bore, snore, or a chore. If we're long, they're gone. So we're going to stop telling people what to do. Over on the right, put ask. We're going to, in 60 seconds, ask something that gets people's eyebrows up so they're intrigued and they want to know more. That means we got what we just cared about in their mental door. So here's the example, and then we'll unpack it. Sound like a plan? Yes, perfect. Love it. 
Okay. As many of you may know, I was the pitch coach for Springboard Enterprises. They've helped women entrepreneurs generate $26 billion in funding and valuation. This is um, Robin Chase of Zipcar. This is Gail Goodman of Constant Contact. So one of my Springboard clients came to me. This is Kathleen Callender of Pharmajet. Now, this was a number of years ago. And she said, Sam, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And I said, well, what's the good news? She said, I'm speaking in front of a room full of entrepreneurs at the Paley Center in New York City. I said, that's fantastic news. What's the bad news? She said, I'm going at 2.30 in the afternoon and I only have 10 minutes. She said, Sam, you can't say anything in 10 minutes. I said, Kathleen, you don't have 10 minutes. You're going at 2.30 in the afternoon. They will have heard 16 other presentations before you. You've got 60 seconds to have them at hello. Well, if you think it's impossible to have people at hello in 60 seconds, here's the opening that helped her get millions in funding and be selected as Business Week Social Entrepreneur of the Year back years ago. You ready for this 60-second opening? Go for it. I'm excited. Did you know there are 1.8 billion vaccinations given every year? Did you know up to a third of those are given with reused needles? Did you know we're spreading and perpetuating the very diseases we're trying to prevent? Imagine if there were a painless one-use needle for a fraction of the current cost. You don't have to imagine it. We're doing it. In fact, are your eyebrows up, Kirsten? (laughs) I love this. I love this already. I'm like, okay. Let's unpack it right now. Okay. Uh, On the right, ask, here are three specific steps you can take next time you make a request, a recommendation, a pitch that get people's eyebrows up and that can actually turn a no into a yes. The first step, ask three, did you know questions about the problem you're solving, about the issue you're addressing, about the need you're meeting? Now you're thinking, Sam, where do I find these startling statistics or something? You Google that stuff. If if we had time, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what invention you have, no matter what business you're starting, you would put into search what are startling statistics about blank, about the need you're meeting, the problem you're solving, the issue you're addressing. And up would come a recent survey with statistics even you didn't know about how bad it was, how much it cost, how many people are being affected. So see, if you ask, did you know this and this and this, Think people are thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know it was that much. And the quickest way to earn smart people's attention, skeptical people's attention, is to introduce something they don't know about something they want to know. So step number two. Use the word imagine. Imagine because it pulls people out of their preoccupation. They're not distracted now. They are picturing your point. They are seeing what you're saying. So they're fully engaged. Now link the word imagine to three attributes of your answer to the issue of your product that meets that need of your business that solves that problem. Imagine this and this and this. So example, go back to Kathleen Callender, put yourself in the mind of your decision makers. What are their objections or what are their needs? What are their priorities? What are they thinking? Well, they're probably thinking about those reused needles. So we made it one use. 
they're probably thinking about painful inoculations. So we made it painless. And they're probably thinking about money because most decision makers think about money. So we made it a fraction of the current cost. Do you see how in a world of infobesity, we distilled into one succinct sentence? Oh, who wouldn't want that? Now you bridge into step three. You don't have to imagine it. Were Now you come in with your evidence and your precedence to show this isn't pie in the sky or speculative. This is a done deal and you and your team are already doing it. Come in with your testimonial from from a resource that they would respect. Come in with an article. Come in with a, a YouTube video or something to show that once again, this isn't like an empty claim. No, you and your team have, have done this successfully or this has been done successfully elsewhere. There's a benchmark you do that in 60 seconds. I tell you, you all know that investors bet on the jockey. That's a jockey they'll bet on because you hit the ground running and added value from the get-go. That's awesome. I love it. And you just said something there that I think people miss a lot, especially first-time startup individuals or first-time people going after investors, is there's a million products out there and they're all good or great. It doesn't actually matter. They're investing in you. Because they need to know that you can toe the line, that you can build it out, that you have the energy, that you're going to last. Because it's not an easy road, right? They want to know why you're personally involved, while you're excited, while you're going to carry it out. And that's so important. I think people miss that because they're so into their pitch deck. And they're like, but I show the up and to the right. And I'm like, you know what I'm saying? You know, Christian, you're right. Richard Branson said, time is the new money. I think time is a new trust. And our goal is in the first 60 seconds to win their trust that this is going to be a good use of their time and mind and money. And how we do that is we hit the ground running. And there's no perfunctories. There's no thank you for inviting me here today. You know, no, no, that's wasting people's time. You know, and as you know, investors are busy and they've heard this before. So if we don't pleasantly surprise them and add value out of the gate, eh, who knows if they're listening a couple minutes down the road. Absolutely. And I love how like, you know, everyone thinks they have like the two minute drill. I'm like, no, you don't. Like <laughs> how many times, like I'm sure you get sent videos all the time, pitch videos or this or that. You're bored by 60 to 90 seconds. If you don't have it by 60 to 90 seconds, you're already like, right. <laughs> I hate to say that. No, see, Kirsten, you know, this, we are supporting our sister women entrepreneurs when we tell them like it is. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've poured weeks, months, years into this product, into this business, into this service, into this new idea or invention. And it is our responsibility to earn respect and trust from the get-go. Because as you say, if in the first 60 seconds they conclude, all right, She's got leadership presence. All right. You know, she's she's got the executive. She commanded my interest from the get-go. Now, now we've established that. Now they can listen to what we say and the validity and the viability of our idea. However, if we don't establish this up front about we command respect, the idea may be a good idea, but they're not going to bet on that jockey. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does what you just told us about and, and worked through with us, does that work in writing as well? 
<laughs> you bet it does. In fact, Kirsten, I can't tell you, I, I've had a chance to speak at South by Southwest on how to open doors, you know, and close deals with a winning pitch. And I cannot tell you how many people came up to me at South by Southwest and said, I'm going back to my hotel room to redo my deck <laughs> because what is, what is it? It's like, blah, 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 blah. It's all one way communication. It's all telling, telling, telling. So when I work with people on the desk, it's like, no, it's ask instead of saying team credentials. What are our team credentials? Instead of saying, no, here's our financial projections. So what are our financial projections? So we're turning it into a Q&A, which is interactive and two-way instead of one-way. And I cannot tell you how many people have redone the homepages of their website because they look at it and it's an explanation of their product and services or business. Yeah. Explanation or infobesity. Now start asking questions, engaging people so they're answering in their head and they want to know the answer instead of being told the answer. However, it went through one ear out the other. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you know what I love about this is recently I've been doing this whole like PR thing, right? And at first I psychologically, like mentally got stuck. Like, oh my God, how do I pitch? Like, you know, like I'm a mindset expert, but you know, obviously I've never pitched like mindset. Cause that's such a, like, nobody gets that word. Like that's so dumb. So I have to pitch the issue. Right. Just like, we're talking about like, did you know this? And this is why this and right. But it's interesting. Like I had to literally get over a mental block thinking I didn't know how to pitch yet. I pitch on investors all the time. Right. And I'm always doing the question fact thing. Like I'm always doing that because that's, that's, that always, like, even for me, like, when I hear it, I'm like, oh, like, you just did that with the, you know, the example, and I'm like, oh, oh, reusable needles, like, ew, like, how did you even know that, right? <laughs> like, that's awesome. You know, let's, and let's keep going. So let's put forgettable over on the left, and please put memorable over on the left. Now, I think you may know that I helped start and run the Maui Writers Conference, which Writers Digest called the best writers conference in the world. And I will always remember Gary Marshall, who is the director for Pretty Woman, said something so profound. I remember it as if he said it this morning. He said Hollywood directors can predict when their movies will make money based on one thing. Guess what it is? What? Do people walk out of the theater repeating something they heard word for word. <laughs> because see, if they walk out saying, make my day, show me the money, I'll be back. When someone says, seen any good movies recently, they're talking about your movie. It's top of mind. And it's because you took the responsibility for crafting what I call a hook, line, and thinker. So now, would you like to know how at the end of your pitch, by the way, here's a litmus test. Can they repeat anything they heard? Oh, word for word. Because if they can't, we're out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> all that time, all that effort, all that money, all that getting in the room, etc. It's gone because we're out of sight, out of mind. We're forgettable. Want good news? Here's three steps on how we can be memorable instead of forgettable. Ready? Yep. Bring it. Okay. Please write down on the right. A-I-R. Here's an acronym or an acrostic for three things we can do to create hook, line, and thinkers, to create repeatable, retweetable one-liners. So at the end of our pitch, we're the one they're still thinking about, talking about, taking viral, you know, an hour or a day or a month later. Okay, A is for alliteration. Alliteration is when words start 
with the same sound. It makes us instantly eloquent. It makes our language lyrical. So now just listen to these brand names. It's like bed, bath, and shower. It's Dunkin' Croissants. It's best purchase. It's dirt vacuum. Clunky, right? right? right. No, right. change them so it's alliterative. Bed, bath, and beyond. Dunkin' Donuts. Best buy. Right. <laughs> dirt right. devil. Right. Now, by the way, this is not uh, word play. This is word profits. Let me give you a quick example. Do you drink uh, coffee or tea by any chance, Kirsten? Yep. Have you ever had one of those takeout cups and you put one of those little cardboard insulating sleeves around it? So you can... it's hard to build the business around an unpronounceable name. It's hard to build the business around an unpronounceable name. So see, if you're selling cardboard insulating sleeves, not only is it a commodity, people cannot remember it. They're not going to search for it, whatever. Jay Sorensen saw an opportunity. He did not call those cardboard insulating sleeves. Know what he called them? Snuggies. Well, that's good. Java <laughs> jackets. Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> you know, he cornered the market. He said people who meant to contact his competitors called him because they couldn't remember the competitor's name. Now, remember, we want to stay top of mind. Do you have a business name? Do you have a tagline? Do you have a line from your pitch that people can repeat? Alliteration will help that. Mm -hmm. I is for iambic meter. Mm -hmm. When you put it in a beat, you make it easy to repeat. When you put it in a beat, you make it easy to repeat. I can't believe I ate the whole thing <laughs> takes a licking and keeps on ticking got that one <laughs> yeah got that one <laughs> i was like what now, <laughs> if it happens in vegas it stays in vegas stays in vegas this is not word play this is word profits the las vegas chamber of commerce said that slogan has driven more than one billion dollars of business. That's stickiness. That's your tagline or slogan staying sticking in your decision maker's mind. Now, R is for rhyme. Rhyme is is, is sublime because it's remembered over time. Now, I'll give you another example of how powerful this is. Years ago, the U.S. government was concerned about injuries and fatalities in car accidents, so they mounted a multi-million dollar service campaign, buckle up for safety. Oh, nothing happened because it's clunky. And as Duke Ellington said, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. <laughs> so they went back to the, the drawing board and they came up with something. Guess what it is? Click it or ticket. Click it or ticket. And now, Kirsten, guess what? Compliance went up. Injuries and fatalities went down. They saved lives because they crafted their message in a way that changed behavior. So I'm reaching out to everyone listening and talking, you know, and watching. What change do you want people to make? What action do you want them to take? What change do you want people to make? What action do you want them to take? Distill it into one sentence, one line. Now craft it so it has alliteration, so it has iambic meter, so it has rhyme. And at the end of your pitch, you're the one they're going to remember. 
you're the one they're going to walk up to and talk about. You're the one that they're going to mention as like the highlight of the day, all because you came up with a hook, line, and thinker. I love it. I love it. I'm like, I'm taking notes like crazy. (laughs) I love it. So now with this, I mean, because there is a difference, right, between your tagline, like, you know, for your company, your slogan versus like maybe you say within your pitch. Yes. Or would it be the same thing? Well, it, it varies. You know, when, when I'm working with clients, sometimes this is the title of their TED Talk, you know, or their this is the title of their book. Sometimes it actually helps them come up with a name for their product that is easy to remember and hard to forget. So it can be the title. It can be the tagline. It can be the rally cry at the end of your pitch, the action you want people to take. So believe me, it serves all kinds of purposes. And don't just come up with one. When you're marketing your product or your business and so forth, how can you do this with your tweets? How can you do this with your YouTube videos and with your Facebook posts? Because you are elevating your language into oratory. And when you do, it resonates with people. You know, out of the noise and the clutter, this, when I say it resonates with them, it's musical. They remember it. They're intrigued by it. They want to know more about it. And that's the power of doing what we're talking about. I love it. Do we have time for another idea? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So over on the left, please put explain. And over on the right, please put example. So we have info, obesity, and intrigue. We have tell and ask. We have forgettable. We have memorable. And now we have explain and we have example. And I'm going to say something that's um, controversial. Well, it's not controversial. It's contradictory. Okay. Never again explain your product, your service, your business explanations, wah-wah, wah-wah, wah-wah. It's like trying to explain electricity. It's complicated and it's confusing. And confused people don't say yes. Because <laughs> see, many of you are creating something that's complicated. And if we start talking about the algorithms and if we start talking about the platform and, with, and people's eyebrows are crunched up. And right now, just crunch up your eyebrows if you would. See, do you feel confused when we're pitching? If we see people's eyebrows, uh-oh, they're not going to say yes. Now, if people's eyebrows don't move, it means they're unmoved or they've had Botox. <laughs> <laughs> Our goal is we want this. We want this, this visceral reaction where people go, huh, hadn't heard that. Wow, didn't know it was that. Ooh, see, now they want to know more. So here's how we do that. Over an example, in particular, please write down on the right, dog on a tanker example. Now, what's this about a dog on a tanker example? Years ago, I'm reading the Washington Post. Here's an article by Shankar Vedantam. He's actually the host of The Hidden Brain on NPR. And he was talking about an oil tanker that had caught fire 800 miles off the coast of Hawaii. Now, a cruise ship happened to be going by, and they were able to rescue the 11 people on board. Captain gave a press conference, and he talked about how grateful he and his crew were to be rescued. All he can think about is his dog, Hapget, that was left behind, abandoned on the tanker. That press conference went viral. And donations started pouring in from around the world, $500, $5,000. 
the U.S. Navy changed the exercise area of the Pacific Fleet to search 50,000 square miles of open ocean to try and find this tanker. They find it. <laughs> they send a C-130 to fly low to see if there's any signs of life. Here's this brown and white blur racing up and down the deck of the tanker. They mount a quarter of a million dollar rescue mission to get this dog. And they are able to successfully bring him back to Hawaii. Now, what's the point? Here's the point. Why did people from around the world mobilize to save one dog when there are thousands of people in their own cities and states and country going without food, water, and shelter? Mm. It's because of something called the empathy telescope. And the empathy telescope says we can put ourselves in the shoes of one person. We cannot put ourselves in the shoes of thousands. Mm. We can put ourselves in the shoes of an individual. We cannot put ourselves in the shoes of an idea or an organization. So I'm reaching out to every single one of you and I'm asking you, what is your dog on a tanker example? Because if we talk about the millions of people being impacted, and if we talk about, it's like at one point, it's overwhelming. People can't relate to it, sometimes identify with it. So what is one person who had a problem, a challenge or a need, and they're better off now because of your product or your business or your service? We tell the story of one, the empathy telescope, then we scale out to the many. And we did too. We see this like, you know, if you think about like the save the children ads or something, it's like, and Susie here, right? Because they have to bring it down because it doesn't even matter how bad they're showing the entire situation. Yeah. The second you're like, but I'm going to save little Susie. You're like, you're connected. You could do that. Like you feel like you're capable of that, right? It's like, I could send in money. I'm going to save Susie. That's so true. I, I never even thought about it like that. Wow, I'm changing my pitch deck. I have a, first, of all, first of all, like I did not come up with this name, Salubrity, but that is the name of one of my companies that I co-founded. And I'm already like uh, dying over this name because everyone asked me what the hell this word means. I didn't even know what it meant when I like joined the team. I was like, okay, got to Google that. right? And then, like apparently they took like a long time to come up with this name. And I'm just like, all right, I'll live with it. I'm like, all right. But I'm already thinking about my pitch deck and I'm like, okay, so if we can't change the name, at least let's get this killer tagline, right? So that people can keep it and walk with it and talk about it. And then I'm like, you know, we're talking about this community and stuff, but I'm like, oh, we have to, we have to create Susie or Bobby and talk about, you know, the plight of Bobby and what Bobby faces and how this rescues Bobby. Right. And like, oh, you're killing me, woman. <laughs> <laughs> See, All and right. Christian, you, you intrinsically and instinctively know that this is true. When it comes oh, yeah. to persuasion and influence, everything you're saying is that if it's Susie or Bobby and it's true and we we can relate to their plight, we want to do something about that one person. As soon as it's many people, we start backing away because it's overwhelming. And when we're overwhelmed, we're mobilized and we often look away. So this is the essence of a pitch is relating to one person in a way that it's identifiable instead of overwhelming and we're moved to act instead of look away. Right. Right. And that makes some, that makes so much sense on so many levels too. I mean, it's just, it's why you build your avatar for the company because your marketing language isn't going to make sense if it's too broad. Right. It's just, it's so many layers to that, but this is totally the core. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. So do we have time for one more idea? 
Well, heck yeah. It's my show. Women will take as much time as we want. <laughs> okay. Let's put over on the right passive clothes. Pa- and do you know how most people end a pitch? Um, I don't know about most people, but I end with an ask. I tell them what I want, what I'm seeking. See, good for you because most people end with thank you. You know, thank you for your time. Thank you for, you know, attending. Thank you for being here. You know, and then, uh, and let me know if you have any questions. Talk about, (laughs) you know, talk about leaving money on the table. And believe me, I've been to many pitch festivals. USA Today brought me in to judge their pitch contest and so forth. I've had a lot of a chance, uh, MIT, et cetera, to judge a lot of pitch contests. The vast majority run out of time. They're rushing and blushing toward the end, right? Because they're only given five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, maybe. And they're locked into their deck. They run out of time. And so often, please write this down. We never get a second chance to make a last impression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never get a second chance to make a last impression. And our final 60 seconds is as important as our opening 60 seconds. So what are we going to say in the final 60 seconds that bookends that respect that galvanizes people into action because they are so favorably impressed. They say, I want to follow up meeting with that person. I want to know more about this. I'm going to recommend this. I want to invest in this. How can we do that? Well, you know me, I start with an example and then we reverse engineer it and make it actionable and replicable, right? Yeah. So I'm working with a client and she's going to be going into big pitch fest. And I said, would you like a competitive edge? And she said, is that a rhetorical question? (laughs) And Jack Welch said, if you don't have a competitive edge, don't compete. I think if we don't have a competitive edge, we can't compete. So I'm going to give all of you a competitive edge right now. And here is what she said, and then adapt it for your own purposes. She said in her last 60 seconds, once again, I'm Marsha. I'm the one with the white spiky hair. Mm. At our next break at 2.30, I'm going to be out in the lobby over at our booth by the registration desk. If you'd like a product demonstration, if you'd like to talk with our CFO about our financials or with our marketing, um, our CMO about how we're going to scale visibility through social media, please come out and talk to us once again. I'm Marsha. I'm the one with the white spiky hair. Yes, was surrounded by people at (laughs) 2.30. So here are the three steps. Number one, always repeat your name with a pause and punch. Because if I say I'm Sam Horn, you go, huh? (laughs) You didn't get it, right? Because I rushed and blushed and I had downward inflection. If we say I'm Sam, pause, 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 punch, horn, Now, you can repeat it after hearing it once. So, Kirsten, how about please tell us your name? Hi, I'm Kirsten Franklin. Okay, can we just play for a second? Yep, go for it. Okay, Okay. I am Kirsten, pause, 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 now punch with upward, louder inflection. So, it's not Kirsten Franklin, right? Do you see the musicality? It's not downward inflection. It's Kirsten, pause, 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 punch, Franklin. Two syllables, please do it again. I'm Kirsten Franklin. Okay, Franklin, two syllables. And here's the reason I know some people 
uh, have many syllables to their name. And if we put them all together, it's not repeatable, which means it's not memorable. So if we enunciate punch, punch, both syllables, it lands in a way that later on in that day, they can say, oh, who's that? Oh, oh it's Kirsten Franklin. See, they will repeat it the same way you said it, which means now you're memorable. So one more time, right, if you would, right? please. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm Kirsten Franklin. I didn't quite get oh, good. I didn't quite. Uh, you know, I heard it. I was like, no. <laughs> okay. Then please do it again. All right. Kirsten Franklin. Let me do it again. Okay. Now, and are you, okay. Are you musical? Do you play instruments or anything by any chance? No. Okay. Because for example, when I work with people on their TEDx talks or their pitches, we actually, it's not a script. It's a score. We have pianissimo. We have forte. We put right there dot, 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 which means pause. We italicize words when we juxtapose them so that they, they, they land them and people get it quicker. So it's Kirsten Franklin. <laughs> I am Kirsten. Pause, pause, pause. And then we often paint in the sky because like, look what happens if I just say I'm Sam Horn. Gone. No impact. Right. I'm Sam Horn. And you see how if I go horn like that, it like visually makes the concept concrete, makes the idea into an image. So if you, with a smile, hi, I'm Kirsten, Kirsten, mm -hmm. Franklin. Frank, it's almost rhyme, isn't it? Okay. Kirsten, Franklin. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now, by the way, if Love you're it. thinking, eh, this is petty. No, 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 no. Studies show that if we see a speaker, if we see someone pitch, we meet someone at a networking meeting at a pitch festival at South by Southwest. If we can't remember their name, mm -hmm. not only do we not go up to them, we avoid them because it's awkward and uncomfortable. Oh, I can't remember. We just don't continue the conversation. So this really is pivotal. So that's the first makeup. And then if it's in person, reference something you're wearing. Or she said, I'm the one with the white spiky hair. I'm Ben, the one in the green jacket. I'm Glenda, the one in the, the red dress. Because if there is a sea of people in the hallway, they just all look alike. However, if we see Glenda and we remember she's in the red dress, we see the red dress. Oh, it's Glenda. They're associated in our mind. We have a memory. And we are dramatically more likely to walk up to that person because we have a hook on which to hang a memory. Yeah. Okay. That's step one. Mm -hmm. Step two is to always say where and when they can continue the conversation. So we say, you know, at lunch, I'm going to be sitting in the back table as you walk in over on the right. You know, if you'd like to get into detail, tell me a little bit about, you know, please come and see. So, or um, I'm going to be back in my office from two to four on Monday, or I'm going to be back in New York in November, uh, the first week of November. So do you see where and when? Now we are once again, dramatically increasing the likelihood. They say, oh, I'm going to call her on Monday because I've got to, I've got to catch a plane. I don't have time to call her now. Oh, she's coming back to New York. Uh, I'd like for her to meet with my board. Do you see how we're planting action seeds once again that increase the likelihood of this follow-up instead of just leaving it to chance? Yeah, totally. 
Okay. And then step three, always three options. What are three things that are relevant and intriguing to them that would actually motivate them to want to continue the conversation. So did we mention an article? You know, it's like, uh, go ahead. And I know a lot of people don't use cards anymore, but say, you're welcome to give me your card. Just put article on the back of it. And I'll make sure my team sends that to you in the next 48 hours. Or did you mention, um, you know, product demonstration or if you'd like to see financials? So what are three things that people would go, yeah, I would like that. That's valuable to me. It's beneficial to me. And make sure that one of them has nothing whatsoever to do with sales. So it's an easy ask so that people want to do it and they don't think they're immediately signing up for like a 20 minute pitch. I love that. That is a turnoff. Like when someone's following up with you and it's like, oh, but you're going to lock me into like 30 minutes. I don't even do 30 minutes. So I'm like, "Mm, ah, oh, (laughs) right. That's a good one. I love it. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. I'm sure we're going to have you back on because the listeners here are just getting ridiculous amount of value today. I have like 80 million notes written, loving it, loving it, loving it. And just being, you know, in this space, like, I know for a fact, everything you said is true. <laughs> like, you know, period. Done. Like, you know, so that's amazing. Any kind of last words that you want to leave the listeners with? You bet. It's uh, so, you know, me example and a, and a quick tip that we can take action on that really does make a difference. So one of my clients uh, was pitching the CTO of the London Olympics. And I said, Mike, how much time do you have? He said, I have an hour. I said, Mike, you don't have an hour. I said, Put yourself in the shoes of your decision maker. What's he thinking? He said, he's probably thinking, I don't have time for this. We're 212 days out from the London Olympics. I said, guess what the first words out of your mouth are going to be? You may be thinking, not I know you're thinking that's presumptuous. You may be thinking, you know, you're 212 days out from the games. You don't have time for this. Bridge with the word and. We talk about that in my Tung Fu book. And. That's why I have distilled my pitch into 10 minutes. And Mike said, Sam, you can't say anything in 10 minutes. And I said, Mike, if you keep talking past 10 minutes, he's not listening. In fact, he is probably resenting you for taking him away from his other priorities. The way to win respect is to always be known as the one who cuts to the chase. They will always take your call. They will always take your meeting because they trust that you're going to hit the ground running and distill it. So that's the last thing I want to say is if we want to turn a no into a yes, bring up first what they're thinking. Well, you know, we tried that before and it didn't work. It's like, well, we don't have the money in our budget for that. It's like, well, there's a lot of people on your space. Say what they're thinking. Bridge with and. And then take less time than they anticipate and go right at that objection and make it moot. And that's why we put into place a system to prevent that from, boom, gold. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And so much truth into the cutting down to the chase. I mean, it's one of the things that I'm probably known for. My One of my CEOs and I have a competition where we'll book time and we'll see if we can get it done before the time is up, right? <sighs> Yeah, because, you know, you're like, it's going to take 20 minutes. No, we're going to do it in 10, right? Like, but we both know that we're playing this game because it really is true because anything outside of a certain amount of time is just added, not necessary. (laughs) You know, you know, you have just distilled girl on fire. How can we be a girl on fire? 
we can get a brand reputation as the person who always takes less time than we anticipated, who mm-hmm. always hits the ground running and adds so much value and has done their homework. And that once again, we always take their call, we always take their meeting, and we always trust them with a recommendation because we know that's how they show up. And those are the only kind of people that we want to do business with. Yeah. Okay. Love you even more now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I love it. Now, Sam, where can everybody find you? Where would you like them to locate you first? What's the best place to, if they want to follow up, find out more, buy some books, where can they go? Well, thank you very much. It's easy. Samhorn.com. So S-A-M-H-O-R-N.com. My TEDx talk is on there. People use it in their uh, staff meetings to train their employees how to do elevator. I don't call them elevator speeches, elevator intros. It's, uh, we also have a lot of blogs on there and so forth. And uh, my books are there. And also, if you want to follow me on LinkedIn, I've got a newsletter there where every week I share how can you be first of your kind? How can you be one of your kind instead of one of many? So you have a competitive edge that uh, creates a win for you and your causes and your projects and what you care about. Yeah, and I'll personally back that newsletter up. Definitely not a waste of time. I read it. It's incredible. And for anybody out there who doesn't think communication is that important, that is probably why you suck. (laughs) 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 You're not getting what you want. So you better get on this roller coaster. Um, Sam, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, We'll be sending everybody over to the website. I will absolutely be pushing out for people to follow that newsletter and receive that because I read it all the time. So. Thank I you. And I actually get your emails too. But if you're, if you're well, not on your email list, you better get up there too. <laughs> you know what? You're making my day. And kudos to you for creating this rising tide, raising all women entrepreneurs involved. You know, your work is really making a difference. So thank you for the work that you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. Onward. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course, you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.